Hey everyone, when we sat down to record our first episode about dealing with the pandemic, especially as single women who live alone, we realized that we had a lot more to say than we initially thought. We think this is a big and important topic and we wanted to do it justice, so we decided to split this episode into two parts. This episode is part one and will focus on how we handled the last seven months and what we plan to do differently for the upcoming winter lockdown. Stay tuned later this week for part two, which will focus on the pros and cons of being single during this time and whether or not it is worth it to try dating during COVID. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. (sighs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah. And I'm Harley Bang Bang, and welcome to our first official episode of Love, Life, and Liquor. So this is our first full-length episode, and when we were talking about what we wanted to cover today, we realized that exactly a year ago, we were on a trip together to the Grand Canyon. Seeing all the memories pop up on our social media made us realize how much has changed over the last year. For one thing, we're forbidden from seeing each other for the time being due to being in different countries. And for another thing, we realize that although over the past few months, things have slowly started opening up and it's kind of given people a chance to see family and friends, in some cases, um, in outdoor and safe and distant ways. Unfortunately, a second winter lockdown is most likely inevitable as cases continue to rise. Even though we do realize that talking about the pandemic isn't exactly an original topic, um, we do think that nonetheless, it's a really important one. It's a huge thing that everyone's going through, and we're all just right now trying to figure out how to cope with it. And one thing I think we've both noticed is that a lot of the advice that's out there on dealing with the pandemic isn't necessarily geared towards single people or people who live alone. And so a lot of the suggestions I found just aren't doable when you are living alone. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I kind of felt like there was a big gap out there in the in the literature, if you will, on (laughs) how to deal with the pandemic. So we thought that it would make sense to start off our podcast by talking about our pandemic experience as single women, women who are living alone, and hopefully some of our listeners can relate to what we've been going through. Because I think going through the pandemic on your own is a pretty unique experience that not enough people are talking about. Yes, definitely agree. I feel like a lot of the advice out there um, is geared towards, you know, how to cope along with a family or young children or how your relationship can make it through this time. I understand that because those are all valid concerns, but I definitely have not seen much that I feel is geared towards my situation personally. Yeah. And it's not to say that like we have it any harder or that our situation warrants more of a discussion than people who live with someone but I think it's it's helpful to know that you're not in this on your own and there are other people who also live alone or just looking for ways to cope with the pandemic so we kind of wanted to share our experiences with that yeah so how would you say I mean we've been in this for about seven months now so how would you say that you know these first seven months sort of went for you so I feel like I had a pretty atypical pandemic experience um, up until now because 
for the most part, work was just really crazy for me. And and I remember when the pandemic first started, I actually was pretty excited about it because like, <laughs> yes, I, was, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I was loving it. I was like, amazing. I can just like, I don't have to go out with people. I don't have to make up excuses anymore. And I, I have more introverted hobbies anyway. Like one big thing I've always wanted to spend more time on is my writing and work on a book. So I was kind of like, this will be great. I'll have time to devote to that. And for the first, like for a very brief period of time, that is what I, I focused on. Like I joined writing groups and I actually devoted time to, you know, various writing projects that I had going. Um, so it initially started off okay for me. And, but then things changed at my work. And, and I think a lot of people might be able to relate to this, but I, I had a few people at my firm leave right before the pandemic. So it was completely unrelated. But then when the pandemic hit, our business took a downturn, like every single other business. And so the partners were really hesitant to hire any new people until they could, could figure out what was going to go on. So that meant that there was a lot more work divided up amongst way fewer people. So my workload just went through the roof. And up until literally September, I was just completely drowning in work. I had zero free time. Like when I say I had no free time, I'm not exaggerating. So I kind of, I felt really removed from the pandemic in a lot of ways because I didn't experience like this new abundance of free time. Like I, I wasn't just sit sitting around being like, what will I do this evening? Like I worked every single evening, every single weekend. So I was directly affected by the, oh, sorry, I was indirectly affected by the pandemic just because we couldn't hire new people. But mm. otherwise I was just working all the time. So I think the biggest um, emotion that I felt was frustration because it kind of felt like everyone got to have this fun summer vacation time and you know and I had a lot of friends who were complaining about all their free time and they didn't know what to do with their weekends and I was just so frustrated with with all my friends because I was like <laughs> dude I would love to have all the free time <laughs> like I wish that my biggest concern right now was you know, what am I going to do with my Friday night? So I was definitely bitter for a while and frustrated. Um, but I kind of just had to, I just had to work and get through it. And so September, from September, it's gotten a lot better. I've wrapped up a bunch of things. Um, so yeah, it was just a really crazy time for me. I, I truly did not have anything that I could do. So, mm -hmm. um, but again, I do think that's a little bit atypical. Um, so I'll kind of, turn it over to you and have <laughs> you go through how the pandemic was for you. Yeah. So um, I also did get pretty busy at work. I mean, nowhere near the level that you were. Um, obviously, you know, we're friends and we were keeping in touch and you like, I don't think I've ever seen you so busy at work. Um, so it was nothing compared to that. And obviously, although we were both busy and stressed, you know, we're clearly lucky to even have our jobs when so many people were losing their jobs and things like yeah. that. So I was grateful 
to be working and, you know, a component of my job involves fundraising for a nonprofit. So, you know, trying to raise money in a time where the economy is crashing. And, but at the same time, you know, the government was putting out some support systems at least. And so there's opportunities that we hadn't planned on, you know, being able to chase. So it did get pretty busy, which was nice because it gave me like a task and something to focus on. But that was really the only thing I could focus on. Like, I also mm-hmm. spent a lot of time volunteering and stuff like that. And most of my volunteer work also was able to go virtual. But I really slacked on that for months. Um, I'm an adjunct professor. And mm-hmm. I definitely think my teaching suffered. I felt like I could keep it together for my full time job. And that was literally it. Like my brain could not accomplish anything else besides what I absolutely had to. Um, I think my sleep schedule was super weird, which is very unusual for me. I love sleep. (laughs) Sleep is never (laughs) a problem for me. Um, But I was not sleeping properly. I had lack of focus. I was trying to, you know, I wouldn't say I'm the hugest fan of exercise, but I was trying (laughs) to do some exercising just because I knew I wasn't, you know, I was sitting around the house otherwise just at my computer all day. Um, And even though I was exercising like more than normal, probably, I still was just not expelling enough energy during the day because I wasn't leaving the house. So I was tired, but simultaneously had pent up energy. Mm. I felt like I was for a while probably drinking a bit too much because I was (laughs) using it to almost like try to help me go to sleep and maintain a somewhat normal sleep schedule. So, I mean, I don't think it was anything of, you know, an unhealthy nature, but it definitely was not something that could continue like that for months. Um, yeah. I mean, and... no judgment if you did do it for <laughs> yeah. months, just so we're clear. Um, I was like, you know, I was doing well at work and, and still accomplishing things, but I just felt like I was procrastinating everything else. And that's just not how I usually operate. And I really don't think I started to feel somewhat more normal until probably about August. Like, I think eventually I partly just adjusted. And I also Mm -hmm. took a week of vacation that I had had planned for a while. Um, A friend and I were going to go out of town and we just decided to, you know, isolate hard beforehand and just do some outdoor stuff together that week and still take the time off work. And I Mm -hmm. think just having a week to sort of reset myself, I would say from August on, I mean, I don't think I feel amazing all the time now, but I definitely (laughs) felt better. Like that whole cycle of just not sleeping and not focusing, at least that kind of came to an end. So do you think it's because you took that vacation time or do you think you did anything else that sort of helped your body calibrate to the situation? Um, I think it was a few things. I think part of it really was just the week of not being connected to work. Because like I said, I think I was almost using work as my like purpose, which I was Mm. lucky to have that. But that's all I could focus on and kind of forcing myself to step away from that for a week, I think just sort of reset my brain a little bit. And you know, I got some solid outdoor time and relaxation time. And I just felt like, when I went back to work after that week, I felt like my brain had almost settled into like, okay, this is it for the long haul. Like this isn't getting any better. And I would say I also was very bitter during a lot of that time. Not, not really for the same reason as you were, but um, you know, I live in the United States and 
we have clearly been handling this pretty much <laughs> worst in the world. Like, you know, um, the UK tries to come for us, but yeah. we are, you know, a much it's a larger tough competition yeah. between, between those two. Um, They're in it to win it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, you know, winning all the time. So <laughs> I, I feel like I was watching other countries, like, you know, flatten their curve to use that famous phrase and sort of get back to some semblance of normalcy and we've just progressively (laughs) gotten worse and worse and you know I spent a lot of my time as a single person who lives alone you know traveling and doing things out of the house and whatever and I'm an introvert I love alone time I love being at home but no one plans to be at home for seven months straight (laughs) like and I just felt very (laughs) bitter a lot of the time because I felt like other places were getting their act together and we just have yet Mm -hmm. to really yeah so I think at this point how do you feel like you're feeling with the pandemic um kind of feel like I had a little bit of a reprieve um you know I have been trying to lean into the nice weather and Mm -hmm. I have kind of picked a select you know three or four friends that I'm comfortable seeing still outside still distance and you know in a safe way but I've gotten out of the house you know at least once a week or so to to do something and I feel like that's been helpful but um, we definitely are kind of moving into like I said at the beginning probably a second form of lockdown or at least you know I'm not going to feel safe seeing people in the same way during the winter when we can't be outside so I yeah. think I'm sort of mentally preparing for um, for kind of the winter coming up. And I'm sure that's something we'll talk about in a minute. But I don't know if you feel the same. I don't know how you have felt since September that things have been a little lighter at work. Like, how have you been feeling? Yeah, like, I've, I've been pretty amazing, actually. since September. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just, again, like, for me, it's it's fully workload related. And like you, I mean, I'm really grateful to have a job. There was talk around uh, March, April at our firm that we might have to have layoffs. And luckily, that didn't happen. And we've now been able to hire a bunch of new people. So my workload has really lightened for me. And I, I also actually took two weeks off in September and I timed it so that when I finished off a whole bunch of files, I took a solid two weeks. I took uh, two glamping trips for myself and yes, really I just was like quite jealous. Oh my God. <laughs> I fully splurged because I was also just like, what else am I going to spend my money on the rest of the year? Like yeah. it was definitely way more than I normally would have spent. But um, I guess an upside to the pandemic for a lot of us is that our expenses have gone down because we're not mm-hmm. going out for drinks and dinner and, you know, you couldn't travel. So I was like, I'll just kind of do something nice for myself. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. Um, like you, I really felt like I reset myself and my mind and body. Yeah. And, uh, and then since getting back to work, I've been taking it pretty easy and um, devoting more time, a little bit more time to my writing. But then I think as uh, we've mentioned in our teaser episode, when it did become clear that we'd have a winter lockdown, I was like, I'm going to need something else to keep me going. So then we <laughs> decided to do this podcast. And that's also taken up 
a fair, like a decent chunk of my time. Like it's, it's given me something to be excited about at least. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's funny because you and I sort of first floated this idea probably like a year ago. And (laughs) I mean, I think we were both serious about it, but it was just one of those things that it's always like, yeah, we should talk about that soon. Or yeah, we should look into that. And I will say, I do think that um that this time has given us at least a chance to actually do the research and put in the work and you know do it in a way that before the pandemic it would have been really hard to set aside that kind of time so I guess that's one one small benefit but yeah I think we definitely both agree that things are about to change a bit as we enter the colder months I would say yeah yeah so and I think I'm trying to also learn a little bit from what I what I think I could have improved um, during the first six, seven months of the pandemic and what I could have maybe done differently to make that time a bit more enjoyable for myself. Um, granted, there I don't think there's a whole lot I could have changed just on a really practical level. Like the work was there. I had no choice but to work like it was like 12 to 14 hour days. But what I wish I had done in retrospect was literally just take five minutes for myself, like just to meditate and to kind of help mm. calm my my racing mind. Because I feel like at that time, I had a million thoughts in my head about like, on like all my to do lists and all the work I had. And so I didn't have a lot of free time, but I had five minutes, you know, I mm-hmm. could have just done five minutes of meditation at the start or the end of my day, just something. So this time around, I'm definitely making my health and wellness a lot more of a priority and making sure I put in that time to write to meditate, um, you know, obviously, devote more time to my hobbies. So I think that will really help going forward, just kind of like, looking back thinking, what could I have done differently? What can I do this time in the winter to make lockdown a little bit more enjoyable? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. I've obviously also been giving a lot of thought to, you know, ways to cope better this time around and things that I will be doing differently. Um, And I think, you know, this sounds really simple, but to me, I think one of the biggest things is just that this time I'm at least able to mentally prepare. Um, When everything went into lockdown the first time in March, we, I don't know, you know, how they framed it in Canada, but in the US, we were basically told it would be two weeks, maybe, (laughs) maybe four if it really didn't go well. Like, we had no concept of this going on, you know, for months and months on end, even like other countries that waited too long to lock down we're sort of framing it to us. Like if you can just do this a little bit sooner than we did, maybe you can save yourself. Like nobody, you know, in the world, as much as I, you know, can criticize many things that the U S has done (laughs) wrong during this time, no one really knew, you know, around the whole world, how bad it was going to be. So um, I think there was, you know, in the back of our minds, we were like, okay, a month, maybe two of being home and whatever. And then it just kept going and going. And this time, I feel like it's basically, you know, no question that we're going to be pretty much home between November and March. And it's not like it's going to get better suddenly in March. But I think the weather will get nicer. And we'll go back to being able to do outdoor things again. But you know, we know this time that this is how it's going to be. And we can prepare a little bit and 
I definitely think that this is on a lot of people's minds. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like on a lot of social media, you know, accounts and apps that I have, I see people everywhere talking about how worried they are about winter lockdown and second lockdown and all of this. And it really feels like nobody knows what to do about it. And (laughs) obviously, like nobody knows what to do, you know, including us. No one is an expert on this. We're all sort of learning as we go. But I do think that you and I have spent a fair amount of time, you know, just in our personal friendship talking about this um, and what we plan to do and just ways to make it a little better. So um, I don't know if you like want to share anything that you're thinking about doing or, you know, I know you shared the meditation thing, but I don't know if you have anything else in mind. Yeah. So in the same vein of people talking about how worried they are, and I have noticed that as well, I actually have a friend who surprisingly mentioned, she's like, I'm really worried about my mental health this coming winter and lockdown. And I say I'm surprised because she normally has a really positive attitude she never mm-hmm. I mean you never know what's really going on with someone but mm-hmm. she generally kind of has her shit together she you know she has she's married she has a kid like she's just generally a really happy well-adjusted person I've never I don't even think I've ever heard her say the term mental health before mm-hmm. so when she suddenly messaged our group chat saying that um it kind of was uh it was really interesting for me because this is something that so many people are feeling, even people who generally do seem to have really healthy coping mechanisms. So what I'm doing with one of my um, friend groups is we're doing a book club, which is also just like such a cliche girl thing to be doing. I also joined a book club (laughs) over first lockdown. So I am with you. (laughs) Like, oh, it's so cliche. I mean, in our defense, though, we are all like really big readers. Like we love reading. So it is a little bit more natural for us. Uh, So we do have our first book club session coming up in mid-November. So I think just finding ways to stay connected with people, but I think it's important to just find creative ways of doing that because a lot of suggestions just might not work for everyone. Um, And I think you can look to modify some of the other things you're, you're seeing that might not be applicable to you. So if a book club is like maybe too much of an investment, you can do an article club, like just get mm. a bunch of friends together and yeah. take an article that you found really interesting or, you know, someone else can pass one along that they liked and just like set aside an hour to talk about the article or, you know, it can be, it can be a podcast. It could be ours. I'm sure <laughs> that people only will have good things to say good about plug, it. Good plug. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like for real, I mean, I think yeah, book yeah. club tends to be the default, but I do appreciate that. It, some people hate reading. Some people just don't have time to read. Mm-hmm. So find other ways to do it. Like you could do, you can get together and talk about a show or a movie that you watch. Like yeah. just, you know, just modify those things for yourself. Yeah. And, I like um, the idea of like an article or a show, like something that is shorter because I know um, I also really like reading, but like I said, my, my ability to focus has sort of gone down in this time. Yeah. So even for someone like me, something shorter might be better. But it is it does make me laugh that you mentioned book club, because I don't even think you and I have talked about this privately at all. But I have also <laughs> joined one. And I didn't know that you had as well. But I actually feel like joining that, which was around the same time, I think that started for me in July. Um, so it kind of coincided with that 
time I mentioned earlier that I started to feel better. And I actually Mm -hmm. think that that was one of the things that contributed, even though it sounds like a small thing, I felt like having to read this book, like I'm the type of person that's more likely to do something if I feel obligated to do it for someone else. Like if it's something for my own mental well-being I will put it <laughs> off I will be like well then that's not important I'll be totally like, you know, I think really most people are like that it's valid <laughs> I'll be like yeah what's really best for my mental well-being is to sit around and watch tv all day but if it's like an <laughs> obligation I have to someone else I'm more likely to do it and just having that thing that was like not work related, not even volunteer work related, just something to sort of mentally stimulate myself in a way that like wasn't related to current events or anything going on. I think that was really helpful. And it just like, um, I joined it, my best friend sort of invited me to be part of it. But the other two or three people that were part of it, one of them I had met once or twice before, but the others I didn't even know. So it was kind of a way to almost connect with new people. And oh, yeah. I think that was really helpful as well. Yeah. And I think that's like the big thing we're all learning that we all are learning to do things in a slightly different way to stay connected with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why like, there's kind of been a resurgence of book clubs now yeah (laughs) virtual (laughs) book clubs which feels weird but it is it is something I guess um I do think that you know on the thoughts of or on the line of being kind of connected and staying connected on one hand um I've almost appreciated this time for allowing me to sort of reconnect with people um like as an example I have a group of friends um that I've known for 11 years at this point. We studied abroad together and that's how we met. And we've always kept in good touch. We have a group text chain. We visit each other a couple times a year. A couple of us live within driving distance. So we see each other a bit more regularly, but we've never as a group done like a group video chat. Like it's either like we're hanging out or we're texting and that's it. And over this time, we've kind of made it more of a point to do these more regularly. And it's just been a nice way to, to take that time and reconnect and, that is something that I'm, you know, in a way grateful for. But Mm -hmm. I do think for me, you know, one thing I'll do differently this time is I don't want to feel obligated to say yes to every single thing like that, that I get asked to do. Like, like those things, those things are great. And I'm thankful for them. But there's a lot of, you know, like virtual game nights and virtual (laughs) this and virtual that. And I think those things are super important. And I think if you're feeling low and you need that, then it is important to reach out to your friends and say like, Hey, I could really use like a catch up or whatever. Like it's important to to put your needs out there. And if your friend needs something, you know, obviously you should be there for them. But I do think we need to get into the mindset of like, just in the same way it's okay to say no to regular plans <laughs> in yeah. regular times it is okay to say no to this like I think we kind of got or at least I got in my head well I'm at home anyway I'm not doing anything else people know that I have no excuse to say no so I just have to say yes to this but those things are a form of social interaction like you can still get you know burnt out by being on zooms all the time it's still conversation and stuff so I think people need to remember like just because we're in lockdown it's still okay to have a night where you are just in front of the tv by yourself like relaxing your mind a little bit 
Yeah, and I think that's a big takeaway a, a lot of people um, are realizing from, the, I guess, the first round of lockdown. And one thing that I think helped me is that I, for better or for worse, and this drives a lot of people crazy, I don't do things if I don't want to do them. Like, I just, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I feel zero pressure to do things that other people find helpful if I know it doesn't work for me. So one big thing, <laughs> and this sounds so silly, but like, I hate walking. Like, I... <laughs> Like, you don't understand. I hate walking. I like, I just find it to be the most pointless activity because it doesn't really give me any exercise. I don't live in like this beautiful neck of the woods, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, I, I'm not like by a mountain where it brings me any sort of peace. I just feel like I'm wasting my time. So I remember when lockdown first started, that was like the thing everyone kept recommending, like, go for a walk every day, get some fresh air. And I was like, no, I don't <laughs> want to. Like, that's not fun for me. And like, I feel zero shame about it. And, I, like, I, and even, even like the whole baking wave that uh, <laughs> like we all remember the great banana bread surge of 2020 like <laughs> I fucking hate baking and cooking <laughs> so much everyone who talks to me for five minutes knows this about me <laughs> that and, is like, true can confirm <laughs> <laughs> so like I didn't do that I didn't put pressure on myself to bake or to find fun recipes. And like, I really think that we all need to be really intentional with how we spend our time. And I'm not saying don't go out of your comfort zone. Like it's great to try new things, mm -hmm. but when you know that certain things just won't work for you, don't do them. And you will be so much happier for it. Like if you know, you're not really into puzzles, you, you don't really care to learn a new language. Like just don't do it. Don't put pressure on yourself to do those cliche quarantine activities and it might work for some people like no shade if you do love puzzles and making banana bread but <laughs> just you know like know yourself and I think it's you know know what works for you and stick to your own interests and but I that being said I do still think it's important to do something with your time and like to find a way to make this time enjoyable but just don't put pressure on yourself to do what other people are doing. I think there's a lot of value in being creative and carving carving out more enjoyable activities for yourself. Even if that does mean just watching Netflix, like do that, make yourself hot chocolate, watch Netflix, don't feel ashamed, don't feel guilty about it, just enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think in this time, like keeping, you know, your mental health, a top priority needs to be just paramount for every person and whatever that looks like for each individual is what it needs to be. And like you said, if you like those things, if you enjoy yeah. baking, or you think, you know, I've always wanted to get better at cooking, or I've always wanted to try new recipes or whatever, then great, like now's the time. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. Don't get sucked into something just because it's a social media trend or whatever um I don't know if you remember but earlier on into quarantine I did a whole weekend where I basically just made fun of all the like stereotypes that people yes. were doing and I mean I was doing a I few of them you too intently but... <laughs> on Instagram I was like what's she gonna do next and I mean at the time it was really funny and I actually got you know a lot of good 
a lot of just funny responses and that almost to me was something even though I was in effect doing the things that I was mocking because I had to video <laughs> myself doing that you had to do it them was like a funny way to to just you know connect with random people that I don't always talk to um but that was like very early on in quarantine you could still kind of joke about things back then now I feel like this time I'm gonna be like fuck all the stereotypes I'm just sitting around my house all winter (laughs) and honestly if that's what is enjoyable just do that Yeah, like I said everyone has to you know if that's what makes someone feel good that's just what we need to do and like I said if that means you have to say no to the occasional zoom or you know, virtual thing. Obviously, if someone is expressing that they need company, like try to be there for a friend, but just don't feel obligated to do things just because everybody else is doing them. Yeah, agreed. Um, I do remember one thing that helped me a lot at the beginning of lockdown again, like when I had a little bit more time on my hands is I watched a lot of stand up comedy on Netflix. Like Mm. I I generally just love comedy, but I discovered like this new <laughs> love for specifically stand-up comedy specials. And I discovered some some really good ones. And I don't know, I just like having something that made me laugh was a huge mood booster. You know, and then there's like tons of studies out there that show that apparently even smiling improves your mood. <laughs> 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 That's so, what like, I can't confirm. I I have a bad <laughs> case of RBF, as anyone that's ever met me in real life would know. But but I maybe have he heard smiled of more. These, I have heard of these alleged studies. <laughs> it was definitely a man who did them. They're like I just need for women to smile, and I'm gonna make this sound official. Oh, but man. like yeah, I, mean, I think having mood boosters, like whether it's watching a like a comedy show that you love or a movie that always makes you laugh like stand-up comedy I, I don't know it was it was huge for me I really I, and it kind of helped me feel a little it sounds so sad but like it made me feel a little bit more connected because they were usually stand-up comedy talks about the mundane everyday things in life that we can all relate to so and it kind of even gave me things to talk about with friends like it sparked a little mm-hmm. bit of conversation there so I really liked that um, yeah yeah I think uh, something I noticed that was good for me is even as I started to tire a bit of um, the video chat type of thing, something I started doing is like picking something like that, like a stand up comedy, you know, special or even just a regular movie or documentary or whatever, and having a friend or two watch it at the same time. And we would just text during it. And that was like, for me, being a little bit more introverted, texting is like an ideal form of communication. <laughs> it's very yeah. like, you know, you still get to like connect with someone, but it's a little bit lower, you know, barrier to entry and I don't feel as drained from it. So I still felt like I was sharing an experience with a friend and we were watching the same thing and talking about it, but I didn't have to, you know, give a hundred percent of myself on like a video chat or that type of thing. So I've been doing a lot of that even, you know, lately. And I think that's been really good. And it's kind of been a way for me to connect, you know, a couple of my friends that have maybe met a few times, but don't know each other as well. Like, we'll just, Mm -hmm. you know, make a quick group text and watch something. And it's just kind of been something nice, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't like exhaust me as much as the constant video chatting. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of us are struggling with because we all are at, 
kind of a lower energy level right now. So I think the challenge for me, at least, is finding ways to stay mentally stimulated without it feeling like this huge burden. Yeah. And and I remember one thing I did um, at the beginning of lockdown again, I did want to sort of take writing a little bit more seriously. And there were days where like, I just couldn't get myself to be creative. I couldn't, I just couldn't even think of a single word to write. So I started to listen to a few podcasts about writing, or I found some YouTube videos. And it kind of just helped me stay a little bit engaged, but in a really low effort way, like I literally could just sit and listen to it. Um, Or, you know, like while I was eating, instead of putting Netflix on, I could put on um, a podcast about a topic I was really interested in and I was quote learning about it so it did help me stay engaged it helped it kind of made me want to continue pursuing that hobby and it was great for those days where I didn't have the energy to actually do it but it stayed on my radar and I learned really good techniques and then that again can be something that you take with you to your friends if you share the same hobby and you watch a YouTube video about it you can kind of message people and be like hey I I heard about this today Mm -hmm. have you heard of it Um, and I think that can be a really good way to stay connected with people because I do think another problem is that most people's days kind of look the same Mm -hmm. so it sometimes feels like you don't have anything to talk to yes I definitely have experienced (laughs) yeah you know like there's like nothing new it's like how's your day great just the same as the past six months right so Right. Like I think, you know, so if you sort of keep yourself a little bit engaged and you like come across a funny BuzzFeed article or a podcast you thought was interesting, it not only keeps you mentally stimulated, but it helps you stay connected with the people in your life because it gives you guys something to talk about. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, you mentioned that we all kind of have lower energy right now. And one thing I just wanted to kind of reiterate for everyone is I feel like a lot of people at least in my life have been really hard on themselves for this lower energy because it's like I'm not even doing as much why am I so tired and I think it's important to remind ourselves that as humans like we're very adaptable creatures like we evolved to be adaptable and when you are in your house for seven months straight and not doing as much your body really adjusts and your body learns like okay this is our new output like we have to lower our our energy standard almost because like I said at the beginning you know in the first lockdown I felt like I had a lot of pent up energy because I wasn't doing I wasn't going to work I wasn't leaving the house and eventually your body adapts to that to keep you healthy and to like keep stress hormones from like flooding your brain at all times so I think it's important to remember like if your energy is low and you're tired and you know all you can manage that day is listening to a quick podcast about a hobby instead of actually doing it like that's okay like I think I think people need to remember to not pressure themselves and like whatever is going on with your body it's because your body's trying to adapt to the situation and just like obviously don't let yourself get into like you know a negative mental health spiral like seek you know therapy if you feel that you need it I've done some virtual therapy over this time you know not across the whole seven months but I did it for a couple months you know checked in with a therapist I'd worked with before like definitely be self-aware and and seek help if you need it but at the same time 
you know, don't feel that just because you feel a bit off that something that you're doing something wrong or that something's wrong with you. Like, we're all in a weird situation right now. And I yeah. think I think it's important to just, you know, be okay with that to an extent. Yeah. And I think it really helps to to know yourself and to kind of just reframe your mind. Like, if you know that you are someone who needs that time, like you need the evenings to not do anything and to just watch Netflix, almost like I would honestly say commit to doing that and be unapologetic about it. Like, don't let yourself feel guilty about doing something that you know will help you. You'll just be like, tonight, I'm just going to like binge watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I don't care if someone thinks I'm being lazy. I know it will <laughs> help me. Like, just, you know, own it and know yourself. But on the flip side, I will say there are people who know that they do operate and function better when they are being a bit more productive. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, they don't feel good if they're just sitting around watching yeah. TV. And so, again, like, know yourself. If you know you'll feel better by being productive, be productive. It might just mean that you modify how you're being productive. So, you know, like I said, instead of writing a book, maybe you just watch a YouTube video on on how to write a plot, like, you might need to modify your idea of productivity. But at the end of the day, you have to know yourself and and what's going to help you. And that's going to be really different for everybody. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I also think that And this, you know, I'm saying this out loud as though it's advice, but really, this is just as much a reminder to myself. But I think (laughs) that, you know, as far as what you were saying earlier about how you almost feel like you have nothing to say to people after a while, I think it's important to remember that everybody kind of feels that way. So if you are experiencing a low point and you do need something a bit more interactive or you do need a video chat or whatever, it's important to remember that, you know, in normal times, I think it's reasonable to expect people to sort of check in with you if they haven't heard from you in a while and stuff like that. But right now, if Mm. you need something, I kind of feel like the onus needs to be on you a little bit to to ask for it because we're all sitting in our house feeling like we have nothing to say. Like I'm not necessarily going to reach out to somebody to chat if I don't have anything to chat about like and if I yeah. if like I'm okay you know just watching Netflix this evening and not really talking to people I'm not gonna think to myself like oh you know who I haven't talked to in a while this person let me reach out to them even though I have absolutely no updates for them since the last yeah. time we've spoken so I'm you know as a more introverted person anyway I'm gonna be more inclined to just not reach out But if I knew that somebody needed something from me or whatever, I'd happily talk to them if they have things that they need to get off their chest or whatever, like I'm happy to listen. But I think that, you know, we all need to remember that everybody's just coping in their own way. And if you need something, you kind of have to take the responsibility to ask for it because it's not like regular times where other people are going to ask you (laughs) like it's kind of it's sort of just like we're all in our own weird little island like just trying to get by so no totally I agree I mean I generally agree with that anyway like to be honest even in non-pandemic times I think we need to um, be more upfront about telling people that we need help or you know we're we'd really like to have a chat so but I think definitely more so in the pandemic because people just won't realize it otherwise. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with um, 
people not reaching out to you proactively. Like, I don't think it means you have shitty friends or nobody mm-hmm. cares about you or they don't want to talk to you, but they just don't realize it. So for sure, I yeah. think and you need to be proactive. Yeah. And kind of along those lines, as far as speaking up, if you need something, I do think it's worth mentioning that I think this is something people need to be considering as we enter the holiday season. Um I think it's going to be really hard for everybody because a lot of our family or even friend traditions are not going to be able to happen this year. Like this is not an excuse just because it's holiday time. It's not an excuse. (laughs) Just forego the rules and do whatever the fuck you want just because it's a holiday. (laughs) We still have to be safe. Um, But, you know, obviously also we don't want people's mental health to suffer. So I think, you do need to kind of think maybe further ahead than you normally would, because a lot of us by this age have some kind of tradition, even if it's like, like for me, you know, I don't, my parents, um, I used to live within a couple hours of my parents, but they moved um, for retirement a few years ago. Now we live quite far away. And so I don't see them at Thanksgiving. I only see them at Christmas. So, you know, I usually do stuff with friends. I don't have a specific Thanksgiving tradition, but I also don't think about it months ahead of time. Like I kind of figure it out as it comes. I have a local friend that always invites me if I have nothing else going on. Like I just don't give it much thought. But this year, like I've already talked to a friend um, whose parents also live very far. And we've just decided that the two of us will do something. She's someone that I have let into my sort of circle anyway, in terms of, you know, who you are letting yourself risk being around so it's not going to add to my exposure in any way um she's someone that works from home and you know we trust one another so that's our plan and we've already decided that and I think it's important if you know the holiday season is going to be upsetting for you this year Mm -hmm. to start thinking about those things now and asking people you know to kind of pod with you or you know this Halloween I haven't seen a couple of my friends that have children in seven months so I'm gonna quarantine hard and take a test and go see them but that's something we planned like months ago so that I could get the time off work and you know you kind of have to give these things more advanced thought I think as we come into the holidays yeah agreed um and and I totally agree with this holiday season being really different for all of us. I I will put out there that nobody loves Halloween as much as I do. Like <laughs> I love like you like I love Halloween. Um most of you won't know this, but last year when Sarah and I were on our trip, I knew that I was going to be going to this Halloween party afterwards and I I absolutely had to be Sailor Moon for Halloween. Like that <laughs> just that's just what needed to happen. And so I ordered a costume to the States to Sarah. And I was like, Sarah, you're going to need to bring this to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> like, that's how seriously I take Halloween. Um, so the, and you know what? While we're on this, I just I got to say I'm so upset because Halloween is on a Saturday this year. <laughs> it is on a full moon. It is also on a blue moon. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about the blue moon. Yes, it's a fucking blue moon Halloween. And for those of you in North America, I don't know, I don't know how widely um, celebrated this is, but it's daylight savings as well, which would have meant we would have had an extra hour of Halloween <laughs> raging, which I will no longer be getting this year. So 
Like no one is more heartbroken than me that we're still in lockdown because this Halloween would have been epic if it were to happen. Anyway, I'm still working on getting over it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely had to find other things for myself to look forward to. One thing I do suggest is for people to try and find a fun, easy hobby for themselves that they're able to do on their own at home in the winter time. And the reason I suggest that is because I think some people may have taken up outdoor activities during the first half of the pandemic, like walking, hiking, biking, whatever it is, and maybe you enjoyed getting outside. So that's all great. And it's possible that you're able to keep up with that in the winter as well. But for a lot of people, going outside is no longer going to be appealing, especially if you live in a climate like mine. And given that our social plans are going to be a lot more limited, it's really important, in my opinion, to find something that you enjoy doing, no matter what the weather is, and it doesn't require anybody else to do it with you. Uh, a couple of common activities that I've seen people do in quarantine is knitting, book clubs, like we said, but it can really be anything. And this is where you can get really creative. So maybe you want to try making a scrapbook for yourself. Maybe you've always wanted to try learning hair and makeup tricks and you can sit down and watch tutorials on that. Or maybe you want to learn how to do some home repairs, whatever it is, but try to find a fun outlet for yourself that you're able to do at home in the winter. Ugh, I need to learn to do some home repairs. <laughs> Maybe I should take you up on that suggestion. <laughs> I've actually, oddly enough, I've lived in this unit for a few years. I haven't had any issues literally until quarantine. I've had like three things go wrong. <laughs> I, think, I think it might be a sign that I should learn some home repairs. <laughs> and I mean, one thing that I'm definitely committed to doing over the next few months is making photo books for myself because I I love taking pictures and I love having like a tangible kind of like thing in my hand to be able to flip through and you know look at photos from previous years and it was a lot easier like 20 years ago because you would just get your film developed and stick it in an <laughs> album and it was done but I think with smartphones very few of us have hard copies of our photos anymore mm -hmm. so I, I really want to make some photo books, um, especially of some of my favorite trips. And I do recommend people do this because having made photo books in the past myself, I can tell you they're a lot of fun to do. And it can be a really nice stroll down memory lane. Like as you look through the pictures and a lot of it you will have forgotten about. I think this year more than ever, it'll be really nice to remember the good times, you know, remember that this isn't going to last forever and you know, you'll be able to make those fun memories again, even if not now, but for the meantime, at least preserve the memories that you have. So, and it's a really fun, creative outlet. It doesn't require a whole lot of mental energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think even like going through stuff like that, it almost prompts you to sort of reach out to people. Yeah. Like I, when I start seeing like year long um, or like one year ago, things pop up from our trip. I was like, oh my God, that was this time this year. And it like, yeah. prompted me to text you. And I just feel like it's, it kind of gives you um, not only like you said, you know, good memories and things to plan for the future, but it also kind of encourages you to maybe reach out and reconnect with some people. So for sure. Yeah. Cause it's easy now to just send the photo to and be like, Oh my God, I forgot about this. Yeah. You know? and, like, yeah, I think it is a fun way to, to reconnect. Mm -hmm. um, 
Another thing that I always make sure to do, even putting the pandemic aside, is every season I make a point to buy scented candles that are seasonally appropriate and that and like scented hand soap and that really helps immerse me in that time of year so this fall I, I always get like apple scented soaps and candles and then when it's Christmas I'll get you know the Christmas tree scented stuff and I find that it helps me it just helps me enjoy the season a lot more especially when you're working and time kind of blends together anyway like when you're in school you'll have a Halloween party mm -hmm. you, you go home for the Christmas holidays you go home for the summer holidays like there are these markers as the time passes by but now more than ever like every day blends into the other one and I think it's it is nice to just take a minute and remember that it's the fall and you know cozy up with hot chocolate so I think taking that extra step and making effort to really enjoy the season will go a really long way. Well, while I'm sure that's great advice for most people, I personally I completely forgot. For any listeners that aren't aware, I was born without a sense of smell. <laughs> I always forget uh, about this defect that you have. <laughs> so, you know, you will all have to let me know on Twitter or elsewhere if you try HPV's advice there and how good it is. And I will have to take your word for it. So, I mean, obviously, we would love to hear if any of our tips have worked for you, but I especially am curious about that you know, scented candle one, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I didn't know if, uh, if you had any kind of last thoughts about just any other tips or advice or just anything you think is important um, as we head into the winter. So one thing I, I want to say, and I do want to be really mindful of how I phrase this because I don't want to come off as insensitive or unaware of how difficult this time can be. But I do think that there needs to be an element right now of just kind of accepting the situation and accepting that we can't change it and this is where we're going to be for the foreseeable future. And I say that because I suspect a lot of difficulties some people may be having stems from the fact that some people are just still, it seems like they're really bitter and angry and frustrated about all the restrictions that are still in place. And I totally get it. It's valid to be frustrated with where things are at. But I think if you're getting to a point where day in, day out, week after week, you're just constantly in this space of anger, I just don't think that that's healthy. And I don't think it's going to serve you well in the long term. I think we're sort of at the point where we now realize that we're going to be in this for my guess is minimum another eight months. Like it's a long time. And like mm -hmm. you said, it does help that we can mentally prepare for it and, and adjust our mindset. But I, so I think the longer people dig their heels in and continue to feel bitter about the situation, you know, while I get it, I think it might just make the situation harder than it needs to be. So while I, I'm not saying that you can't ever have a bad day or even a bad week, like it's fair to have those ups and downs. I would say that if you find that you 
are having consecutive weeks and months of constantly feeling mad and angry, I think at that stage, it might be a problem. And it's important to identify it, recognize that and get yourself to a place where you're you accept the situation, even if you're not happy about it. And mm-hmm. if you are finding it that difficult, and you're constantly just angry, it might be a sign that maybe talking to somebody would help you manage this time better. Because like I said, this is where we're going to be for another eight months. So it's, it's in your best interest to accept it and find ways to make the best of it. And I think it's interesting because I've read a lot of articles comparing the pandemic to the grieving process, which I think is a totally fair comparison because you're grieving the loss of Mm -hmm. a year of your life, the loss of all the plans that you had for yourself. But part of the grieving process does involve acceptance in the end. So Mm -hmm. I think if you're not there yet, and again, like no pressure, of course, you can have bad days. But if you are just constantly mad and complaining about things and you know you're refusing to to take any steps to improve the situation then um i think it might be time to work on that at this stage because it is going to be tougher in the holiday season yeah and and like you said i mean this is gonna be you know at absolute minimum (laughs) six months probably closer to a year like yeah you know we can't you can't um, like you said, it's, of course, normal to have bad days, weeks, you know, even one month might be decent, and the next one might be pretty bad. But if it's, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks on end, that's not a healthy way to feel in such an ongoing way. And you don't want to do that to yourself. You know, you don't want an, an entire two years, basically, when all is said and done of your life to be spent in that space. So yeah, it is at a certain point important to kind of what I was saying earlier, be self-aware. And, you know, if you need to reach out to friends, reach out to them. If you need to reach out to a professional, reach out to them, but, you know, take care of yourself basically. Yeah. And I, I remember a few years ago, I was in a really bad place, obviously not related to pandemic. And um, I was just constantly feeling really bitter. And my friend gave really good advice. She was just like, okay, just ask yourself, is this helping you right now? And like, I have taken that question to heart and asked myself that every time I feel myself going down that spiral, I've been like, okay, is it helpful for me to be so negative and bitter right now? Um, And you can't do a 180. We're not robots, but I I think it would really be in in people's best interest to, to have some measure of acceptance and find a way to at least tolerate the situation because without that acceptance, you know, you could read every article, you could try every strategy, but nothing will help if you just start from a place of complete negativity about it. So it's important to to build that foundation of acceptance. I yeah, think. that's a really interesting question to ask yourself, because I, I think occasionally, you know, obviously, like we're saying, not for weeks and weeks on end, but I think occasionally the answer to that question, is this helping you can be yes. Like, yeah, sometimes sure. you, you have to like, feel anger in order to process it and move past it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there are times where pandemic related or not, like in any aspect yeah. of life, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay to have these feelings and to let them pass and, you know, whatever. And so maybe on one day, the answer is, yeah, actually it is mm-hmm. helping me. Like I need to get this out of my system. But if it's, you know, if you're still feeling that exact same way, 
a month or two down the road, I would imagine the answer to that question is going to be no. Yeah, exactly. So that wraps up this episode and all of our thoughts on getting through the pandemic. If you do try any of our suggestions or if you have any of your own that have helped you get through lockdown, please let us know. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Love Life Liquor, or you can email us at lovelifeandliquorpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode in a couple of days for our thoughts on the pros and cons of being single and whether or not it's worth trying to date during COVID. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our first episode.